0: Rebecca Calderon is here with me today. Hello,
1: Rebecca. Hello, Michelle. It's lovely to have you. Oh, it's so nice to be here.
0: Um, and just to let you all know that the, the accordion in the background is a, is a, is a busker in Main Street, because obviously I, I live as in Main Street, as you know. And the busker's <laughs> there because it's um, the highlight, height of summer, and the highlight of his life, obviously, yeah, and playing the, windows the accordion. Open. And the windows are open because it's too hot. And obviously he enjoys. Um, I, l- I like it. Yeah, but, but not when when, not when he's on, um, on repeat. I suppose it's different when you Play, live here. And, when you live yeah. here and he, he plays the same tune the whole time, it's really annoying. Do you think I could switch the fan off because yeah, otherwise I it just whooshes on the microphone. It's fine, it's fine. And it's a bit annoying. So yeah, we've got the fan off, we've got the accordion on. Rebecca Kallarong <laughs> is here. I was just congratulating her on her recent wedding. How long have you been married well, it was Twenty twenty. Oh we so were, it was we,
1: lockdown. Yeah, well, it was we were lucky. We went we got married on the tenth of January mm. before all that happened. And while we were on our honeymoon it all started coming on the news and we got back and then it all kicked off. Wow. So yeah. And where were you on your honeymoon? Uh Scotland. Nice. People said, Why are you going to Scotland in January? And we loved it. Yeah. We st- we saw s- I- we liked snow. We come from a hot place. We liked snow. We wanted to see snow on mountains. But it yes. wasn't bad weather. It was it was sunny quite a lot, but it was cold. But we liked that. Yeah. That was our idea of. And we did a tour of Scotland, so we went yeah. all over the place and loved fantastic. Can't it's recommend it enough. Beautiful
0: country. Yes. We've been to Edinburgh, but that's about mm-hmm. it. And I'm, I'm longing to, to go, oh, you know, yeah. all on the... We
1: hired a car and we went all over the place and Isle of Skye and... Beautiful. Yeah, right, all around. Loved it. How oh, nice. Not one place was bad and everyone hmm. was friendly. And they have a really good cuisine, and really? that, which they're very proud of. Well, food and booze, of course. Mm. You know, whiskey. but they and the, the stuff that they grow there, they, and the, and you know, the salmon, the mm. Aberdeen Angus. Delicious. There's all sorts of food <gasps> yeah. that you don't realise is actually Scottish traditional and. Yeah, when you go, and they're very proud of it. So, so you enjoyed your honeymoon it. very much? Oh, yeah, yeah, full and of then, history and food. <laughs> great. Oh, oh, better combination,
0: yeah. no? You, you, I was looking, that you'd, I didn't realise that you'd written a book. I've got it here written down, a historical book. Yeah. But is it, a, is it a novel or it's called The Civil Garrison? The Civil
1: Garrison. The Civil Garrison is a historical play that I wrote to commemorate the... It was the first thing I wrote uh, after having children, you know. I, 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 I used to write a lot when I was young and that's sort of what I wanted to do. And then I got married and started having children and all that stopped. But uh, the government put out an advert in 2003 asking people to, to, for ideas about what to how to celebrate the centenary, and I I, I studied theatre, so I thought I'd write a play about the history, and so that's what I did. And, and it was
0: called the Civil Garrison. Yeah. So and it, was that
1: actually a play? Well, we were. Go- it's a bit of a sad story because we were going to put it on, and I was working with Leslie Zemit. And oh, then he died yes, suddenly. Yes, and we were p- working on it together and to get oh, it on the dear. stage. And then we—I just put it in a cupboard after that and just got on with my life. And then it wasn't until it was in 2015, I think it was, that they—they was—they were doing the 75th. <laughs> Anniversary of the evacuation of the Gibraltarians, and I was approached by Antony at the archives to say that he wanted to put on the Civil Garrison. And I said, "Well, I haven't got a director; I can't direct." So I contacted Jackie Villa, who's oh, a director, yes. and we got together and we did Gévaudan yes, Dona
0: which is your latest. Well, well that, that's that... not; it's it's the garr- Civil yeah, Garrison, yeah, but yeah. just
1: revamped. Well, Jackie took the took the Civil Garrison, and she said, "Look." I think we should, the civil garrison covers the 300 years of the Gibraltarians, mm. but this, we, let's just focus on the on the uh, evacuation. And Jackie, I thought, Jackie said, let's do it. She said, uh, you rewrite it and then pass it. We, we did a kind of quite fun kind of thing where I wrote, rewrote it and then I passed it on to her and she ran with it. And she added bits to it. She got, she put her own interpretation on, on it. At all. And then she and Andrew Dark, they produced it. And it was, a, it ran for, it was sold out for six nights at Inces Hall. I when think was it was that? end of 2015. You can watch it on, um, you can watch it on GBC. It's. Uh, they did it. They've. They've. They, you can go on YouTube and watch when we won the Heritage Award for that. And wow. but yeah, it was the. It was the brainchild of me, and I created this made-up family called the Ansaldos, and you see them over the years. I think and, I, I think I went to yeah, see it. I mean, you must have done it. I think uh, you know. I think everybody went to see it. it. Was quite. It was very popular, and there was all all the great and good of Gibraltar Theatre in it. What, to, ma- you know. what
0: made you write that
1: um, kind of? Novel because I was, pre- I I've always been very political, from always. before I came to Gibraltar. And when I came to Gibraltar, I thought to myself, "Oh God, I'm not Gibraltarian." So you know, uh, was I felt a bit problem? out of place. Well, yeah, did you, was. Feel,
0: did you feel it was a problem? Yeah, it's, did you really? It
1: always has been. If you're not Gibraltarian, you're an outsider. And to this day, I've been here for over thirty years, and I. I get people calling me Langlesa <laughs> and uh, saying, oh, you're not from here, are you? And I'm like, well, no, well, no I wasn't born here. But, yeah. How you long know, have you been here? 32 exactly. years. And, and you're uh, married to a Gibraltarian? Yeah, yeah. And I've uh, always lived in Gibraltar. And I've always lived, a lot of the time, I, I lived in town for a long time. Mm. I mean, I live out at the Europa Point now, but... I've I've always and I joined a political party not long after. I, I mean, I, in 1994 I joined what, what was then the GNP with Joseph Garcia and Fabian Picardo and VJ Darianani and Stephen Linares. All those characters uh, were people where well, we were young and idealistic, and we were, you know, wanting to change, wanting to change things. everything, and everyone laughed at us and said that we were too young, hmm. and. um so and then we became the Liberal Party. Oh, right. And then I got very much involved in the Liberal Youth Movement. And I used to go all over Europe. And I eventually was elected as vice president of LIMEC, which is the young person uh, uh, of the European Union, the Liberal Movement. And so I used to go to Brussels and Strasbourg and go and give talks about Gibraltar. And because I wanted to really prove myself when I joined a political party, to everybody else there. I went to a meeting every Tuesday night for a year and never said a word. And I wanted to learn about Gibraltar. So I read loads of history books. I walked the streets. I was really on it with yeah. what was going on because I needed, as an outsider, I mm-hmm. needed to prove myself because I wanted to be political and I wanted to do something for society because that's what I'm like. Yeah. And so I had to do my homework. And because I had all this knowledge, when they did the announcement of what, what how should we celebrate, I was a bit of a chest to beat and we shouldn't, you know, I don't want stages full of dancing girls and Miss Gibraltar contestants. No. I want something <laughs> historical and educational. Mm-hmm. So I wrote it. And uh, it never saw the light of day at that time, but it got reinvented and then... And it's in been in a... the news recently. Yes, because, why is that? Because when I, when I wrote my treatment of it and sent it to Jackie Villa, she then mm-hmm. ran with it and made it into what it was that everyone saw on the stage. Yeah. And um, she added scenes, she got new characters. She she also translated loads of it into Danito in mm-hmm. Spanish. And... Um, She made it her baby. But the thing that I gave to her before she... Which was just about... People have read... And that was the original she ever made on Dennis, just uh, not Jackie's version. And lots of people read it just to advise me because I was always give my work to people first before I should, because it you need edi- yeah. you need editing, yeah, yeah, you yeah, need ideas. Sure. You can get carried away, or you can just make you can close off because you're bored, and then people want more. You know. Mm. So I always share my work <clears> with people, <throat> and people said to me, you know, that thing you wrote, you know. Uh, we loved that, you know, because obviously some of it was cut out for the final stage production. Because sometimes when you put something on stage, some scenes don't work with actors, or they're too, work, or they just don't work, and they, and then you know they need to be on the cutting room floor. But people had said to me, "We really liked that. Why don't you just publish it?" And because I just published it on Kindle, I didn't. It's more of like people that are interested in people ask me to do it. It's free to publish on Kindle. My daughter did the, the front cover for me, okay. and so you know it didn't cost me anything. So I just thought it's there in my locker. I'll I'll put it out there, yeah. and people people like it. You just sometimes you think you're writing something that oh everyone will love this, and it's not the case. They uh-huh. like other stuff. So I just thought mm. I'll, I'll do it, and it's provoked a lot of interest. So recently, you've just got it out on a Kindle. Yeah. And
0: that's what that's yeah, what, yeah, I that's saw what that ah, is that's okay, what it. that is
1: you feel you're a bit of a turtle when you swim. yeah i'm a slow swimmer Well i'm but, but I'm, I'm slow and i can i can go for ages <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. when i used to do running which i hated and my friends had a challenge that they were going to get me to do long distance running with them and i said you're never going to get me to run i can't i was smoking like a chimney and i got couldn't but flimming mean, well did it i did the great south run twice What?
0: yeah I did that. I I did the run and I messed
1: up my knees. And I did it all. And uh, I never, at the beginning, I couldn't (laughs) run to a lamppost. But then I I hated it. The only good thing for me about running was when you finish the Great South Run and that feeling of euphoria and adrenaline rush that you get. But all the training, it's boring. And, but then. I, you know, obviously I like to, we like to exercise, but most exercise is like, I don't want to go to a gym. Gym, I don't want to, you know, I want to do things that I like. And then I got into swimming Yeah. and I love swimming. And especially when after lockdown, when we couldn't go to the swimming pool anymore and then suddenly someone, it was so obvious, oh, well, let's just swim in the sea. And it's like, why didn't we think that ages ago? So Rebecca, tell me,
0: you're a poet, a writer, a mother, a humanist Mm. I remember going to somebody's funeral my boss's wife's mother oh yeah and you I was the did yeah. the funeral service yeah. you were the humanist because they they yeah. didn't want they had no religion yeah, so they yeah. just wanted to how did you get into
1: that because somebody died and uh they needed the you know they weren't they didn't want to go to a church they had no the, and they just wanted ashes i mean thank goodness that we've got um we've got the crematorium because that You know, twenty years ago, wasn't there? No. And so the people having to go to Spain, to a different country, to do that, or you're you're forced to have a vault. I mean, those things aren't cheap either. And Mm. not everybody wants to be buried in a cemetery. They're not religious, or they've got a different religion, whatever. There's lots of it shouldn't be assumed. So I did. A very close friend of mine died. It was the, it was the partner of a very close friend of mine. But we we're all close, and we needed to put together. And we went down to the to the um, the funeral directors, and they told us, "Oh, yeah, you can. You know that there's a, a CD player, and there's a mic, and there's this, that, and the other." And we wanted to do a celebration of this guy's life. So that's what I did, and I I, wrote, I just read wrote about something. it on the internet. Mm-hmm. What, what, it's called a funeral celebrant, and you don't need a license or anything. You just need to. So I did it for Peter Marchenko, which is the guy, and loads of people were there. And then suddenly everybody kept calling me, complete strangers. It was like, who was that woman that did it? <laughs> I'm I'm not religious. I need to, I want music played. I want someone to put the whole thing together. So. You know, and I, the funeral you director could have started a business. Well, I could have. I did. I didn't. I was. Did I did you? charge for it. I, I didn't want to start a business though because I just felt like I didn't you want know. to start advertising and then having to pay tax or all that nonsense. You know. But when I kind of was a bit, I was a bit spiritual about it. I just thought, if if they want me, they'll come to me, and if I want, you know. And so it, it was done like that, and. People would come to me and and I'd, I'd do it like I remembered uh, priests doing it. Well, maybe not priests, but vicars from when I was growing well, yeah. up as a kid in England, where they'd come to your house. And that's what I did. Someone would die. You'd I'd go to their house and I'd often be sat there all evening making notes about the life of this person, find out the music they like. We'd end up having a drink. It was a lot of time, but it was very draining for me. And then you'd have to sit up there, stand up there with all that equipment, which doesn't work that well and it's not... It could be so much better. You had to keep bending down and things like that, and it was so nerve wracking. My fingers shaking. You got all these people, then you had to get the music at the right Gosh, time in a funeral. Pressure on, off, on. You know, it's like being a sound technician live, <laughs> and you're standing up there with a the whole bunch of people. Who yeah, but I've got. I've done some no. great. I've done some fantastic ones. I've got. I've Have done you? one where we, we all had to drink a glass of sherry on top of the coffin. What do you mean? With the with this blokes that. There at the crematorium, you had the the, the the coffin there, and his mother was there. And he said, "My mum loved a sherry, mm. so he bought a bottle of you know tea or bebe and some sherry glasses, and his mum's favourite sherry glass, and they put it on the coffin, and then we all stood at the end and, and had, had a, a drink. Yeah, to this to this woman Mad. as well. But and then, but but how nice! To have I, some know, sherry. I know, what I know. Mean. I mean, I've had some fantastic songs. Well, One of them was they kept, the coffin came into Ravel's Bolero." Because this couple met in the eighties, and they watched Torvald and Dean win the, the mm. gold medal when they sk- mm. skated to that to that piece of music, you know the Formula One theme tune. I've had, a, I've <laughs> had all sorts of songs. Brilliant. And I just, you should uh, write a book about all I mean, these things. I did it, and I charged money for it, and but it was it was almost like it's actually not really. Worth, you know the amount of stress for me. Was, and it was painful. It was upsetting. And then you'd always be invited to the sort of wake party thing afterwards. Because without, those those sorts of people that do that, they have a partner, Come along. They you end don't up, even know all the people that were going. No, and then all. you end up getting... So it's <clears and> then <throat> you end up having a party. So it actually takes quite a lot of time yeah. for something that actually only takes half an hour when you do it. And it's really nerve-wracking. But I knew that I was... People were coming up to me and said, "Oh my God, I don't know how because we'd have done it without nobody, you." because and, nobody provides that no, service anymore. No, because it's people don't. I don't know. I think maybe people know what happens now because somebody has asked me to do things, and I've said to them, "Why don't you do it? It's really easy." You know, and I just pushed it onto them. And they're like, oh, can I do it? Yeah, or the family member. Just get your CDs, do a mix, uh, read. And a lot of the time you're yeah, just reading just out other some, people's
0: letters. Yeah, yeah. Look for some nice prose or something that you can yeah, read out. Yeah, and then else. You, someone else
1: might mm. want to come up to the stage. It's quite easy yeah. Uh, to do so, I was kind of pushing it onto other people. Said, like, "Oh, can we do that?" And that's funny. the thing; they didn't know that they could do it, and they thought maybe the church had a, the church. Yeah. And I said, "No, the church no, has no influence yep. on that. You can do what you want as long as you keep it within half an hour, because the the pallbearers and are, are all like are waiting there on a certain time." Yeah. Uh, and but it, but I. It's something that people shouldn't be afraid to do, and if anyone ever wanted to know about it, I would, could give them. You. Yeah, they could ask me. Yeah, but you're I, not going to do their funeral. I, unless, no. I, yeah, I just found it really. It was harsh. It was. It was. It was too emotional. Because you don't want to let anybody down. It's quite no. an important. Thing. And he really, I put my all into it as well, and it was. A, it yeah. was quite hard.
0: The North Gorge Development has won a Gibraltar Sustainability Award. This exclusive South District Development comprises of 45 modern high specification townhouses and villas, split into two phases. The developers, North Gorge Property Limited, pride themselves in having developed this project with sustainability being at the forefront of their design, helping to reduce the project's carbon footprint. Developments like these represent the future. For more information, please contact North Gorge Properties. Their email is info at mofconsultancy.com or you can contact Chesterton's estate agents. North Gorge Properties are proud to sponsor this podcast.
1: What what attracted you to Jib? Why did you end up here? I uh, was with my two friends, school friends, and we wanted to leave England because we... You know, hated Maggie Thatcher and the Tories, and although she'd already been booted out by that point, but we just hated England, and uh, they just bought in. Um, they bought in student grant uh, loans when we it was our age. We were the people that missed out because the loans came in, and it was what you know. Can you can imagine not have beforehand. It was like Gibraltar; everyone just went, and you got government grant. But we were in that. And it was like, we want to study, but we don't want to pay for it. because they hadn't also sorted out a proper loan system. And it was sort of like, well, if you're rich, you can go, but if you mm. can't, you can't. So we just left, packed our bag, bought a car and left on an adventure the day before Christmas. And our parents were all like, Where, what, why what? didn't you just stay for Christmas? And we're like, no, that's the whole point. We're leaving. We are all 21 and we left and we went on a road trip <laughs> and we, in a, in a. In, in the Renault, Renault Five. 5. That's yeah. why you wrote the book yeah, about the yeah. Renault Five. We we'll ev- talk about that now. Yeah. Every night we wrote diaries, the three of us, and we lived in this car for off and on six months, and we were in what? like France and and Andorra and Spain, and then we obviously let's go to Gibraltar to see it, and, you know, I I I, I came here, and met somebody and married them four weeks later, in four, the registry office. Four weeks later. Yeah. A bit, yeah. It was a bit mad. Yeah. And then we went, we left again and went on our journey, left my husband here and I went and finished no. the journey. Seriously, yeah. you married and left him me and then when you went off with your friends. Yeah, because we bought insurance and we just, I didn't Good. want to leave them on their own. And we had a certain amount, and it's two girls in a car can be a bit dicey, three, it was more, mm. you know, it was easier, it was safer. So I finished the journey, but then came back to Gibraltar. And my friend, one of the girls, is Sarah Devincenzi. Ah, oh, yes, yeah, she, she, and <laughs> she, she married. Yeah, well, she came. Yeah. She went back, but then she came back very soon afterwards because she liked yeah. it here. And she came back and made her life here. And the other friend of ours stayed in England, and we, you know, we all I stood didn't know completely that story. in touch. Yeah, Sarah is. I met Sarah. She's when, also very creative. Oh yeah, I met Sarah... when I started school, uh, the the teacher said, "Oh, this is because I was a bit late in the school than other people." And uh, the teacher said, Oh, we've got this new girl, Rebecca, who wants to look after her? And it was Sarah De Vincenzi. She put her <laughs> hand up, I'll look after her, I'll look after her. And she's been looking after me ever since. Ever since. since.
0: She's still looking after you. Yes, Probably. She is. you know, somebody yeah. has to
1: keep you in check. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so where are you from? Portsmouth.
0: Portsmouth, yes, Pompey, yeah, Pompey. I know yeah. about the football club. I had yeah. a friend
1: who supported them. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, we—I support them. That's my team. Yeah. yeah.
0: What made you write, Rebecca? Why did you always like writing? Were you I've, good at good at English?
1: Yeah, yeah. I've always liked writing for, from a, as a kid. You know, it's a subject I was good at at school. I would win essay competitions. I've been writing competitions. I liked theatre. I studied theatre and music. I was always performing and getting involved in things like that. And uh, it was the the subject that I excelled at. And then I read a lot and I had, you know, members of the family that read a lot. And uh, yeah, I just, it was part of my influence. And I like, I come from an interesting uh, cultural background with lots of, a huge family with lots of interesting you know, unbelievable stories. And I'd be... My my dad's family's from India. Well, so, I, I saw
0: uh, that, but... but yeah. So you're... Um, my dad's ra- racially... Yeah, yeah, I've
1: Indian. got a mixed... Um, i come from a mixed-race background. And... Uh, but not mixed religion. It's Christian religion, but um, mixed culture and race. And the huge Indian, Anglo-Indian family and uh, displaced people, people that didn't want to be living in England... But mm. because of partition and independence and tragedy, from family tragedy, they ended up having to come as economic migrants, and and being treated badly, basically. And so you had, you know, my generation of that family was more like, I'm not listening to this anymore. We've got to get up and do something about it. But there's a whole generation that sat there just moaning about it and think, talked about the good old days and so. but you'd hear some great stories so I was always someone that was brought up listening to interesting stories and funny anecdotes and I like that mm-hmm. I love hearing people's stories I like yeah, talking you're
0: interested in other people oh
1: definitely I've always think yes. uh, everyone's got a story I will always uh, I love, the, love reading books and I like hearing real life stories because I use those real life stories in my books Mm. so that my, all my short stories are a real life moment most of them are real life things that I've just tweaked a bit because they're so good have you published your short stories yeah I, I published 10 short stories in t- uh, 2021 and they're all a thousand words exactly each and they they call, the book's called Ten Thousand Words and there's ten short stories in there, and they're all different and some of them are set in Gibraltar and they're all more or less real life things. And I've, how do we see that? That's actually published uh, okay. in in hard copy. It's in you can buy it at the Heritage Trust oh, yeah. bookshop. You can get it on Kindle as cheap as chips, and or it's on Audible. I've downloaded, ah, How to I've recorded Renault Five really and Ten Thousand Words on Audible, and they're available to if anybody i'm going to bit of a plug here if anyone fancies writing a review of my book and they have their they have audible uh, the access to audible i can give you free copies of both books by sending you a link and you can uh, download it free of charge and write me a little review it can be like a sentence so okay. it doesn't have to be some tell, great big tell me about Renault five Yes, yeah, so a Renault 5 is about is the story car, of when we lived yeah. in a car. Six months in a car. Oh god, how did you do? I mean My um, God. Yeah. The stories. It must tells be you mad. all you need to know how to survive. I know I love it If you Look, think you can go camping,
0: second. you can you wrote, live in a car. Good old fashioned sex. Um what else? Did you sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and then good old fashioned sex.
1: Yeah. I love that. Not in the car though. No, not in the car. Yeah, well, not, not in with the, the other two anyway. No. But it was um it yeah, we wrote diaries every night. So when I I did, it took me twenty years to write. I always wanted to write it, but in a way, I'm glad I wrote it later, because it, then it tapped into some '90s nostalgia when I published it. And and I had to, it was a learning curve for me. And then I was right when I was reading my own diaries from uh, you know 1990 and I was discussing it with the, the two other other mm. girls, Sark and Flea, I said to them, God, we swore a lot then, didn't we? And the conversation was completely different because it was the diaries of, of young women to what I was writing. And it was good because it was authentic. I wrote it like I'd written the diaries. I didn't put my... If I had to remember, I would have written it more... It would have been more um, intelligent, I think, and it would have been more articulate... Whereas yeah. what, what you mm. read mm. is really basic language and it's it's blunter because it comes from diaries and I decided I want it to be authentic like that and how we spoke, so so it's realistic. It's totally realistic. Everything in that is true. I mean, I had to cut have things to... out obviously, but uh, some things out. Everything in it happened.
0: How how um, do you gauge how many people have bought it? I mean, how how do you
1: know how well it's done? I don't know that. I don't know the answer to that. On Kindle, you can see all that and on on Audible because they they have all the stats. But I never follow those things. I kind of, you know, have a dream that uh, because I've just I've written my new book, Pompey and Circumstance, and I'm trying to get an agent and it's not easy to get Mm. an agent that any, I mean, J.K. Rowling got rejected hundreds of times before somebody liked Harry Potter. So there's always hope. And also I read so much and I'm in a book club. I also know that there's some real crap that gets published and is on the shelves in the shops You think that, that was awful. But people like it. Yeah. So you just have to have that hope. And nowadays it's much easier in the old days when I started Renau 5, you'd have to send a printed version of your manuscript through the post. And... And it, but now with email, it's do, it's just done in attachment. So you can you can send, send it to some, anywhere. Yeah, you can yeah. send it to anywhere. You can interact with people. You can you know it's so much easier. So with my new novel, that's what I'd like to do. But uh, because I, I'm not. You know, I, sales are sales. I've I've printed all my books with the proceeds of prize money that I've won from poetry and short stories in Gibraltar. I've kind of ring fenced that money, so I've never out of pocket. Yeah, but I'm not really in it to make uh, you to know make money. No, I, doing it I, yeah, you're I do it because it's in me. I can't can, help it. Yeah, I can't can, help it. If you need but some, some money could, to survive, if I, mean, if I could make it as yeah, my living, yeah, it would be fantastic.
0: <laughs> what What makes you want to write? I mean, what what inspires
1: you to write i can't help it i have stories in my head all, all the, the time. time and i'm very nostalgic i've got i've been told by my brothers and my friends that are my same age that they she, they say to me you have a memory for details that and we were there and we can't remember it we were there with you at the time and then i've realized now just that i have that i have other, and I've had, read that other writers have this thing in them that they can remember every detail and it's a bit of a burden mm-hmm. and they, and it makes you very nostalgic because you keep re- remembering details of the past and so you want to create, and it's, it's something I can't help. I've realised this with time. I didn't realise this 20 years ago, but I can't help it. I've got all this detail in my head and I want to write it down on paper. So do you work as a proper job? Right now, no, you don't
0: uh, have no. like a. So this, this is all you're doing now. You're
1: just At creating, moment, yeah, writing. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just doing. I'm doing a lot of admin as well because when you, um, when you write, you need to keep. I, I've just done, redone my blog. I've got a blog spot, and it looked a bit weary. And, and, I've, and I've also got stuff on my YouTube channel as well with just interviews and some poetry readings of mine and things that are on GBC. And I've kind of linked them all together into one place. So I've been so doing all that kind of housekeeping yes. and organising my laptop that's and fun files though, really and, fun. and all those things. Yeah. And then that's what made me uh, publish... The, my version and i i've been doing all that kind of ad there's loads of admin and you yeah. have to keep your blog thing going, going and course. you have to read and you have to you know and and so i've been doing all that as well and uh yeah and writing and there's a there's a poetry competition coming up ask you. tell me about the poetry so i've seen i've been to um
0: places before where different people have been invited to read poetry mm. and you've been asked to read mm. you've read i think some of your poetry yeah. or and even somebody else's poetry um i think it was a while ago what 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 is the difference between writing poetry and writing a novel or writing a historical i mean what... i
1: write um my poet, poems are i used to write a lot of poems at school as well and um songs satirical songs and my dad was in a band, and so we always had guitars lying around the house, things like that. So, it, um, I, and my dad wrote songs, and I like, used to write comedy songs with Sarah. Yeah. And we'd sort of perform them to our friends at college. Yeah. But not funny. on a stage. But people liked them because they were satirical mm. about. And I, we used to write funny, I was always writing poetry, but just little snippets. And I wasn't someone that wrote big love poems it was always funny or poking fun you know and i've done i did i wrote a poem funnily enough about this about the guy that i did the first funeral celebrant thing for peter marchenko there was a poetry competition here that i'd never entered and i thought i just felt moved to write and i wrote this it's called the box in the hall and it was about his ashes and the whole process of scattering them and all that and i won the first time i entered i won and people kept asking me to read this poem because it meant something to them. And it was a serious poem. And I I just entered again and I won get, And I just thought, oh, oh I've got something quite good. here. <laughs> people enjoy listening. And then I just got together. Then I started um, following Gabriel Moreno oh, on, yeah. online. And, you know, he's a Gibraltarian poet and, uh, you know, Caruso that sings and does the folk circuit. And he does it for a living, but mm. he doesn't live here and he's based in London, but he's Gibraltarian. And so I just contacted him on Facebook and I said, I just, I don't know, I just had a, a brave leap of faith and I just said to him, do you, um, do you ever come to Gibraltar? Do you want to do a shirt, do something where I say some poems? And, mm. and 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 he just wrote back and said, yeah, let's do it. I'm coming over and... So we did it and yes. I, got, I got him on the hub and I got him, adver- I did all the, because I do, there's all that you have to do, all the yeah, sort all of the like m- ma- marketing, yes. which when you're, you know, when you haven't got an agent, you have to do it. You have to yes, write all yes. your own press releases and all that. So I, I we did a show, we did it in Saccarello's on a Friday night. I sold all these tickets so that people could have like tapas and then mm. watch a show like a cabaret. Because that's what I like. I didn't want it to be Stuffy on a stage. Sta- yeah, I want yeah, yeah. us to be on the yeah. level with the people. And I got Giordano Durante to do to be the MC and he, and to do a, ni- a night, mm. what, a night. And so we did it, and it was a sellout, and loads of people standing there. And I actually decided to do a couple of my own songs. I thought he's singing songs. I'll I can sing a couple of songs as well. You know, so you and did so. You know, I, did, I am a trained singer. I, I studied music and i d I've more, I'm there's trained. More yeah, to I you. did yeah, I I trained in classical singing and I've done show songs. I was on stage here years ago before I went into politics. Oh and and so I thought I know I can hold a note and I can I know yeah. I know, and I can perform. And so uh I did it. I got my daughter on the guitar and we just did these funny songs and I wrote a song called Mrs Gibraltar. And it was a a, a comedy song about, you know, me wanting to think that Mrs (laughs) Gibraltar was like, Oh, it's like you bake a cake and you, you do something creative and you talk about your children and uh, and uh, not, you know, the real Mrs Gibraltar competition that had just been announced was it was just a load of very, very slim, women that happened to be married. It's like, uh, that's that's not me. <laughs> I, you know, so I wouldn't go in for anything like that anyway, but it was just more glamorous, very thin women, From but they were them. older. Yeah. You know, it, was, uh, it wasn't anything to do with your talents. And so I wrote a comedy song about it. And people. And can you give us a bit of verse now that
0: you're mentioning it?
1: Oh God, it's. um, I can't. I I, I wish I'd brought something. I mean, I I should actually now you've given me. I should put some of these things on my blog. Absolutely. And uh, um, it's uh, you know, it's. it's, 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 Do you remember the chorus? Oh gosh, Mrs. Gibraltar, that's my name, or something like that. And uh, uh, I I can't remember. It was a long time ago, but. People always asked me to sing and I then I wrote this song called uh, the queer song and it was about gays in Gibraltar, gays and the, the and the the, the court and that everybody loves that song. I've performed it at the Casbah and that, that I course, haven't heard that one either. Yeah, How the, does cor- that go? the chorus goes: Bring out your lessees, your gays, and your queers. Round them all up in case made Square. Put them in the stocks or send them to church. We don't want folks like that round here. And it's and it's and, and it's it's all about. The first sentence is, uh, on a windowsill in bag." And it starts <laughs> off the story because somebody told me once that mm. their mother mm. found out that they were gay. And mm. she chucked all their clothes out, out of the window in bag. And I just thought, okay. right, that's a song. Yes. That is a song. So you get inspiration like that. Somebody oh, yeah, says yeah. something. Yeah. And
0: how do you remember? Do you have brain fog
1: or are you quite sharp? I'm. I don't. not i sort of starting having brain, fog since, brain fog. fog since I had a hysterectomy. Oh, had then I'm, ta- a I'm on the pills yeah. for that now. Mm. On oh, the HRT, on the HRT, just like me. <laughs> and the brain fog yes. is, go- is going, but yes. I still have slow. But then I suppose I'm not getting any younger. No, you know. So, so you you have to, I guess, right?
0: Always have a piece of paper and a pen with you, not to forget these little gems that you pick up along the way. I do. You have, have got that. Your or you've got mobile. You yes. rec-
1: Can record things. Yes. But yeah, I've written a few funny songs and then Gabriel Moreno and I became this kind of we did a few shows together and everybody loved them and it was funny because he was a Gibraltarian living in London and he never sang much about Gibraltar hardly any of his songs were about Gibraltar and I'm not Gibraltarian because I live here but we were both the same in that we were writing about things that we knew where we lived and our fee- and so it was that's the inspiration. You could have if you if you'd if I'd have gone to live in New York, I'd have written about New York. It's where, where I am because where- when I was in I'm not from where I was brought up in England. I mean, I come from an immigrant family, but I just happened to be in Portsmouth. So that's really influenced me, and it influenced me at the time. And I was writing about the characters I met and using, like, my novels, Pompey and Circumstance, all the dialogue is written like that. Like, uh, I don't have a really strong Portsmouth accent, but I've got a bit of a Portsmouth accent. And
0: that Pompey and Circumstance, is that, like, obviously play on words. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. What is that
1: about? That your, it's quite a harsh novel. And... It's not about me. Oh. It's about it's it's centres on a someone that actually existed, but I've tweaked it a lot. But um, I remember growing up in those times in the eighties, working class eighties, uh, being gay, being lesbian and gay in those days in a place like that wasn't easy at all. It, if you're working class and gay, it's difficult. It's all very well, you know, you read these uh, books about, uh, you know, Bernardine Evaristo, Girl, Woman, Other. It's a brilliant book. But there's loads of lesbians in that, and they're really right on women because, the, of course, they live in Brixton. They live in London. It's cool. They have community centres. People are vegans. Mm-hmm. I mean, you come from a council estate in Portsmouth, And it's not cosmopolitan. Portsmouth isn't a cosmopolitan city. It's a big city, and it's got all this. It's it's got a very seedy underbelly, and it's got a football team, and it's got all sorts of weird things mixed together: uh, wealthy people and all, and poor people. But being gay in those times, and I remember being in growing up then with people that. When in hindsight, you think, God, they were lesbian and they were so angry or, and they had no outlet and lots of people turned to drink. And I, it was a particularly tragic story of someone I knew who did die too young. And I thought, I'm going to write her story because it's everyone, people talk, talk about their sexuality a lot now, but you couldn't then. And there must be a whole bunch of places that you still can't. Now, in England, you know, I'm not talking about, we know this country's a ban it, mm. but... I wanted to give the voice to this person that I knew that sadly died too young because of drink because she can Mm. never she she yeah she had problems and people lots of there's lots of tragedy around people that aren't in inverted commas normal there's a lot of tragedy and it's so nice to see things are different now Mm. but I kind of wanted to give an homage and I wrote it as an homage to that time to that city and she is my central character and is it out already I've written it and I, it's. I'm not putting it Who out Who Publishes it. Well, I want to find a literary agent because okay. normally I would just self. I could just self-publish it, but I okay. really don't. I kind of now thinking no, I'm going to find Somebody. an agent. I want my book out there. Yeah. And so I'm not giving up this time. What do you do when you don't write? Uh, watch football. Wow. Read books. What's Your team. Uh, Portsmouth, but I don't watch them because they're in the uh, League One. Hmm. When they used to, I'm dying for them to get back up in the Championship so that I can watch them on the telly. Rebecca, tell me something. What awards and accolades have you received apart from
0: winning things here in Jib? But have you um, received any kind of quite important accolades or awards?
1: I mean. One, I did, I, I, I mean, a very, very long time, when I was 20, I was shortlisted for the the Great British uh, uh, Radio Playwrights Award. Ooh. And I went, I met Melvin Bragg at the South Bank Centre. Oh, how know. exciting. Well, that's so, that a was claim quite, to fame. That, that, was, that, that kind of made me think, oh, you know, other people, I could, do, you know, could do something with this. And that mm. was just before I left on, my journey, on the, the adventure. And I got shortlisted for the Bridport Prize in 2016. It's quite a famous poetry uh, prize in the UK. Uh, But it's worldwide. Yeah. Because there's lots of things in the UK that you can't enter because you have to live there. So there's loads of competitions Mm. and things that you can't enter because we live in Gibraltar. So, but... um, That's a good way to get some recognition, and you can put it sort of put it on your sort of writer's CV. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I got shortlisted for a a poem that I wrote called Sunday. And where are you going next? What is your next? Apart from this book that you're trying to
0: find an agent for, Hmm. anything else that you are wanting to do? Not
1: really. I'd like. to I mean, there's. Yeah, I think. Are you a granny yet? No, I'm not a granny yet. I should be. I should uh, should be. I've got four children, and one of them's just about to turn 30.
0: Okay. No. But, uh,
1: young, too young. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I am kind so, of, yeah. yeah. But other people's kids yeah, are getting that... married and having children. Yeah. And I believe I've told my children. And they I've all have Yeah. All uh, of them. Yeah. Um, well, my daughter's sort of living in Berlin temporarily, just 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 something to do, but she'll. She's what a great of, place she's, to live. She, oh, yeah. I'm longing to go to Berlin. Yeah, she's been minus... living there, but then it's typical Brexit, you're only allowed to live there for 90 days, and you get booted out. So she's kind of finding what she wants to do. So she's sort of half there and then here, and and I've got you know, a, 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 they are here. Although one's only little, he's only 17. So the, um, but they're sort of some of them are still studying. Or they've yeah. come back and worked and then they're going back and studying. So the, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, I've talked but this grandmother thing. I've made it very, very clear to my children, Michelle, that mm. I am not a babysitter. No. I am not. Well, I am a babysitter. If you want to drop children to my house and leave them with me for the night or, you know, if you get me, you know, but I am not. And I told my friends and they said, well, well we don't believe you. I said, I'm never going to walk down Main Street with a pushchair, picking children up from school. I did my time four times over with that, and I didn't have my parents here or any in-laws here. So I did it all on my own. And I went to work, I went to nurseries, and I'm a bit old-fashioned. You know, if you want to have children... Go ahead and have them. Have them. Mm -hmm. But if you want to go to work, you either have to... You pay for them to go to a nursery... Or you don't go to work for a bit until they start school, and oh, I know I'm very old-fashioned no, like I, that. My my, eld- my, my eldest son did went to school, and um, he went to you know preschool and school. I didn't go anywhere. I was a housewife. I had two two eldest children, and. Uh, you know, and you can do it because I didn't have a wealthy husband. You can do these things and, uh, you know, keep house. And, uh, yeah, right. I know some people, be, but if you can't, you know, what's still this? Oh, I've got to go and work in an office somewhere. You
0: could write about all this. You obviously yeah. have some passionate feelings oh, about yeah, being I do. a and, and I, yeah, so maybe you should put it into some sort of... I a, should a song. Write my, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like the songs, are cool. <laughs> and lastly, who do you look up to?
1: Who do I look up to? Uh, loads of people. Um, just people that are trailblazers, people that stick their necks on the line and and do things to try and make the world a better place. And uh, those sorts of people, you know, I kind of uh, those people inspire me. And they're they're all over the place, aren't they? And they can be of many different ages. But I like people that stick their necks out and do do the right thing. And whether whether it's climate or related or to do with anthropology or just calling out politicians, and as you do on Twitter, I I do that. I know. I see. I but my society is everything. And as I said before, I I've always been like that. And it's lovely coming here, the Main Street, Society, Gibraltar. It's a fantastic place and it's quite easy to get things done. So it makes me angry when we don't get things done because it's not, we don't have to travel that far to sort problems out. So yeah, society well, is everything and people that do their bit, I admire those people. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. I could be here another hour <laughs> with you. In
0: fact, we'll have to arrange and have a coffee because oh, yeah. there's loads more things I want to ask you, but I'm yes. going to end this now. So... Thank you very much, Rebecca. I've been a pleasure. You've been listening to Women Rising, a series of talks where I've chatted to fabulous and inspirational women exclusively about their lives and their losses, their struggles and their successes, and their contribution to this world where they are empowering others and making a huge difference in our community. Thanks must go to my producer, Charlie Hurst, for putting this podcast together. Catch him at soundunit.co.uk. And a huge thank you also to Beatrice Garcia, who has designed and painted the podcast icon she's at beatricegarcia.com should you like to advertise your business on my podcast please get in touch and please like and rate the show on your favorite listening platform and comment also if you can and should you want to get in touch with me my email is rougejib at gmail.com